Hello everyone, time to ponder. <laughs> We're having some technical difficulties. We are sharing a microphone today. Should we test or just get going? Let's just get going. Tell me about today. Today was an amazing day. It's Wednesday, July 19th, and we had a doctor's appointment this morning. Well, we had an ultrasound and a doctor's appointment. And everything not only looked good, but looked great. Looked Seriously. fantastic. Looked better than it's looked up to this point. So big day for the pawns. We're very excited. We feel so good. Yes. I have been so stressed. And I've definitely felt a lot better recently, but I feel like I can just go about my life. <laughs> yes. You didn't sleep much. We yeah. woke up because it was a pretty early appointment, and I said, hey, how are you doing? Did you sleep good? And he said, I did not sleep very much. Yeah. Always a little stressful before the appointment because you never know what's going to happen. We've just gotten so many bad, so much bad news at these appointments. So yeah, I it's hard to believe that they're going to be good, but they've been good. Except for I did almost pass out. <laughs> That's true, but that was minor. That was just from the glucose, shot you got and the glucose. And we're we were very shocked by how much time has passed since the cerclage was put in. Time is kind of flying. It is, and so we found out. Not flying, but so it's been like two-ish months since we got my cerclage, and I get my cerclage out in two-ish months, and I feel like the last two months have flown by. So I'm hoping these next two months fly by. I think they will. It's gonna come quick. I hope so. (laughs) For many reasons, the weather will be better, but mostly our baby will be here. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that I care about. (laughs) That's the best part. Can't wait to just like live normally. But we do talk about it'll be nice when she is here to be able to go outside and do walks and it'll be brisk. And all the fall activities. Slight chill in the air. I can't even talk about it because it makes me so excited to the point where it makes me angry that we're not there yet. (laughs) Really? Yeah. The other thing that makes me angry. That explains all the yelling. Just kidding. So today we're doing a QA and a and actually one of the questions was who in the relationship is more jealous? Of what? I think, like, of other people. In general. Yeah. Oh, duh. And I wouldn't say either one of us are very jealous people, like, in our relationship. We just kind of let each other do our thing and trust yeah. each other. You are a little bit envious of people's travels. Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> but, is true. But for me, it literally enrages me when people are posting that they're in labor. It makes me so angry. And that's half of what you follow, probably. Yeah. And I'm I'm not a jealous person at all. Uh, Wouldn't you say? I would say. You don't have to agree with me. No, I really do. But I'm really not a jealous (laughs) person. Um, But people who are going to labor, I will be happy for you, but I'm so mad for myself. (laughs) And it's hard, I imagine, because we want her to stay in as long as possible. The joke is always Kat wants to be put in a coma or fast forward in time, which obviously is unrealistic, but... You can still be jealous. <laughs> yeah. The huge bummer about this pregnancy is it's actually gone really well. And if my cervix worked the way that it was supposed to, I think I'd love pregnancy. Yeah. But because of all the anxiousness and the restrictions that I've had, it's been really hard to enjoy. But the parts that I do get to experience still are so magical. So I'm hoping in my next pregnancy, if that ever happens, <sighs> that I, it will be words, a lot more fun. It will happen. <laughs> we will figure out a way. But the irony is, 
and I guess you kind of just said this, it was mostly mental. Not that nothing that we experienced wasn't real, but a lot of it was, and we were being told by doctors, this is what is happening. And the cerclage obviously happened, the stitch happened, but that by itself isn't that big a deal. But it was just what we had been through before with Edie, then that happening, then the uh, supposed P-prom that we're still not sure happened, right? Our doctor that just created uh, <laughs> he does a lot of stress. He does not think that it was. We don't think that either, because we've kind of over this a little bit. Some of the tests were inconclusive, and you just didn't have a lot of the symptoms. I think at first, and uh, that's another good example of the situation is because of our history. I think the doctors were a little more cautious than usual, and not that they should be, because I think you should always be careful, right? But. Anyway, I guess my point is a lot of the experience has been just mental stress and like the fear of what if something happens and you have to treat it that way. But looking back, you said today, when this is all done, we'll look back and we'll just have a normal, healthy baby with a mostly normal pregnancy. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That's, I think, how we'll look back on it. But we had a really great day today. I failed my glucose test, so frick me. (laughs) Fail. You fail. Oh, no. But other than that, it was really great, and I'm not super worried about the glucose test. But the reason we're really here today is for you guys to get us get to know us a little bit better, and I posted on my Instagram a Q&A for today, a little question box, so you guys could ask us questions. And I want to show some more sides of us. And so I took all of the questions. There were so many repeats, so I just narrowed them all down. And then I was like, how do I pick which ones? So we're just going to see how many we get through in the next, like, 45 minutes. I just want to point out, this is such a cat thing to do. (laughs) I come home earlier today, and she was writing out all the questions and cutting them. I would just never do that, but I'm a guy. Maybe that's why. But very impressive what we got going on here. It (laughs) It reminds me of, like, when you're a kid, and my family would always, where are we going to go for dinner? What are we going to do today? We'd... I'll write down ideas and put them in a bowl and pick. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe we start doing that again. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, yeah. We're going to just pull. You guys can't see us, but I have this bowl of all these pieces of paper of all filmed. the questions that you guys asked us, and we're just going to rapid fire answer them. I mean, if we go off on a tangent, then that's fine. Some of them are random and some of them are more deep. I will say two little caveats. We had a lot of questions about Mormonism and I think we'll just do another whole episode on that because that topic, we could talk about that for days, I feel like. Yeah, our old podcast, there's one about that, but it'll be fun to redo it. So if you were coming for those answers, they're coming, but we are not going to be answering them today. This is just kind of like general Q&A so you guys can get to know us. The other thing that we got a ton of questions on, which makes a lot of sense, is our baby's donor. Oh, interesting. And we have just, as just like the little announcement have decided that we are just not going to talk about that in a public form so openly anymore for the sake of our child. So it's not something we're ashamed of. It's not something she's going to not know about. Like she will have her donor involved in her life forever and we'll know her story from the very beginning. But that's kind of all we're going to say about it from now on. We want her to be just herself and not just be the Pond's donor conceived baby. We just want her to be herself. So it's not something we're going to talk about on this podcast, on our TikTok anymore. But if you have any questions, we're like an open book. 
Yes. So you can like DM us, talk to us if you're going through the same thing. We're totally happy to talk about it. Donor conception is an amazing option. We used a family donor. We're so, so grateful. And that's kind of all. And we very high level explain that in the previous episode without going into detail, but we kind of explain our thought process around that and how it came to be. And again, I think we will continue to share our own experience with donor conception as parents, but not as it pertains to who the donor is or how it affects our child, because that's her experience. And I will add, and you can cut this if you want, but before we ever went to Barbados or started this, you're required to meet with a therapist who basically said it is the right thing to do to share that with the child. So, And with the people around the child. So everybody yeah. in our family, all of our friends, it's not a secret. And this isn't yeah. me making like a big statement, just you jogged my memory as I was listening to you. So I thought I'd throw that in there. So with all those things being said, do you want to pick our first question? Drum roll, please. Yes, I'm... Kat's getting annoyed. <laughs> what is the most helpful thing someone can say to someone experiencing loss? Can you read my handwriting? Yeah. That was good. I did, right? Bad, yeah. Yeah. Better than mine. So again, what is the most helpful thing someone can say to someone experiencing loss? My first thought is you don't have to say anything. Just let them know you're there. You basically have to let them be the one to decide if they even want to talk. And the best way to do that is, again, in my opinion, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm here if you need me. And that's it. I was going to say literally saying anything. Okay. Like, <laughs> so opposite answers. No, but no, no. Same idea. I think people are so worried they're going to say the wrong thing. And I don't know about you, but very rarely, I mean, I can't even really think of any time that somebody said something that was like so hurtful or really threw me off. Anybody asking me about our baby that we lost, I love talking about her. Like you are making a face. So I, <laughs> what have I experienced? Well, no, I, I was just going to add that I did notice that there were certain things that people said that would upset us in different ways. But that's not something the person can control. It kind of is, but you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to really say something that can be helpful if you haven't gone through it. If you're talking about that thing, I guess is what I'm getting at. I think what they're asking is, okay, somebody in my family like lost their baby or lost their mom or whatever, what do I say to them? And right. I think acknowledging it at all is the best thing to do. I think another thing that's really interesting is people tend to forget about other people's trauma, understandably. But right. after like the first month or so, people kind of forget. And so the people who don't forget and still reach out on like specific dates or use our baby's name or one of my friends took a picture of their car was at 222 miles and they were just like thinking of Edie. Just that kind of stuff. I think that is what really separates the people who are just like, I'm checking off a box of sending condol condolences or whatever, and like people who actually care. That was my other thing I was going to add, but maybe I'll form it as a question for Kat. Do you think it depends on your relationship with that person? Because you mentioned like a family member. I think it does. I think there's different levels of a relationship with that person. I assume the person asking this question is close to that person. But I guess what I'm saying is if you're just reaching out to someone that you saw on Facebook, it's going to be different than if they're a family member or a close friend that you see often. I could agree with that, but I've also had people who I didn't know 
very well before we lost Edie become some really important people and take really good care of me without knowing me prior. That's true. I'm glad I made it a question because I was about to say I retract my prior statement because (laughs) you're absolutely right. It was so interesting to see who was there for us and who wasn't. And Mm -hmm. it's it was surprising. It was. There's people I thought I was close to that didn't say anything or said something very surface level. But giving them the benefit of the doubt, they probably didn't know what to say. But still, I think to your point, a lot of our friends stepped up. A lot of people we've never met really stepped up and it created a strong relationship for sure. I also think people who've experienced loss know how important it is. So a lot of the people who did step up had experienced some sort of loss. And so they knew the other side of it and knew how to show up a little bit better. Very true. Very true. So I think that's okay. I feel like something we talk about a lot is how grief can really bring people together. Like what a, what's the word I'm looking for? What a connector it is. Mm. (laughs) It is, yeah. That's all I got. That was great. Let's let's hope the next one's a little lighter. I don't know. Most of them are (laughs) depressing. Just kidding. Some of them are fun. But we're here for it. Okay. Plans for child care. Will Kat be a stay-at-home mom? Ooh, good one. I will be at home with our baby but I still plan to work and like help bring income into our family we're a very non-traditional family but maybe that's not as non-traditional now I'm just thinking COVID happened not too long ago I think just the world has changed because we're not the I go to work all day you stay at home type of family but I think that's becoming more common I think we'll split most of our family responsibilities they'll be split 50 50 I'll be home but you'll also be home and I'll leave and you'll stay home with baby and. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I like, I think I kind of pride myself on being a good, like home. You take <laughs> like, way better care of our Stay at home dad. I yeah. don't know what the best phrase is, but I enjoy it. I think I'm good at it. I don't know if that was like growing up because my dad worked a lot and was gone a lot, but I don't mind doing that, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. You'll be a very involved dad, but you will go into the office and stuff like that. And I'll probably be home a lot during the week. But I'll still have a job. I think people, another question people had that I actually didn't put in here because we've answered it a bunch, but I think people think that all we do is social media, which is not true. (laughs) I wish, but we both have a job. I work for my dad. I just work mostly from home. So I'll continue to do that when the baby comes. We do talk a lot about being kind of full-time entrepreneurs I think what we're discussing is like how our life is now, but it could totally change. Eventually it would be great to just like both be working from home on our own stuff, not for other people. That is the idea. Be your own boss, the dream. Okay, your turn. My turn. How did you know each other were the one in quotes? Amazing question. Do you want me to? I'll start. Okay. I was 32 when I got married. Mm -hmm. Grew up very religious as most of our listeners know. And I bring that up because it was part of the culture of our religion growing up to marry young, marry soon, have a lot of kids quickly. So again, kind of not traditional for us, but that's just kind of how my life unfolded. That was the the choices I made. So I think I had a pretty good idea of what I was looking for. And really, it, it was just easy. It was simple which I think both of us weren't used to, but it was just such a breath of fresh air. And I've thought about this more recently, but maybe we've talked about this. Kat was just like a combination of all the best parts of the girls I had dated seriously. 
So she kind of just, I say this with such hesitation, checked all the boxes because I, it's not like a list, but you know, you have in your mind a list. Um, so yeah, I just knew. I had a very interesting experience when Nick and I first met. Our story's pretty boring. Nick was teaching a church class and I was listening to his class. He saw me and got my number. I had noticed that he was like cute, but I just assumed that he was dating somebody else and he was so much older than me. So I didn't think a whole ton about it other than like, oh, he's good looking. That was kind of all that it was. And then when he called me and asked me out to lunch, I just had decided that I was going to go in blind to a date, which I hadn't done probably ever. I didn't look him up on social media. I didn't ask around. I knew nothing about him. So when we went, we just had like great conversation. It was super, super easy. And I just remember leaving and I was like, he will be somebody really special in your life. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, he's going to be my husband. But I just knew you were going to make like a huge impact on my life. And it just felt really familiar. Hmm. And then like you said, our relationship was, it was fairly easy. We had one thing that we struggled with, which was church related. (laughs) And those were the only time we ever argued was on our views on how to manage some church stuff. But morality. Yeah. <laughs> well, chastity. But anyway, so that was just a really good sign for me because, like Nick said, we both have had kind of crazy relationships in the past that were kind of up and down. And sometimes we were like, do we need to be more up and down and hot and cold? And. It yeah. just was, like, so even all the time. And coming from divorced parents who, like, fought all the time, that was also really important to me that it was just easy to be around each other and have conversation and stuff like that. And that's what it was. It's funny, too, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how we're – I was a bit flighty, dated around, a bit of a player. Once I committed to a relationship, I was pretty loyal, but you were always very loyal. Mm-hmm. So just kind of opposites attracting. <laughs> You and it working out perfectly. Been, you've always been loyal and honest, though. True. I guess I just mean I drag my feet until I decide to commit to anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. There were so many conversations but that where was I'm like, a long we time need ago. To, you need to commit. We need to get married. We need to be doing this. So you didn't, and you're like, oh, okay. And it worked out. We're happier than ever. I feel like I had another thought, but I can't remember it, so. Oh, okay. Do you want to think of it? How do we know each other with the one? No, I lost it. Okay, next question. Really mixing them up. How long did it take Nick to come to terms with his diagnosis and what helped him? So this is all you. I think I'm still figuring that out. (laughs) It took me a while. Kat was really pushing from the beginning, the micro testing and moving forward. And I was, I think I was in denial for sure. Oh, yeah. For a while. I was devastated. So I'd say it took me a year truthfully, because it was a year until we both agreed <laughs> to do the micro tessie, which I think we shared on the last podcast was in my mind, the last Hail Mary of hope. And then it worked and then it didn't. <laughs> so that kind of looped me back to not denial as much, but like a weird hopelessness. But I think Kat was good at keeping me on track. You were very supportive, but also very like, here's what is going to happen, providing kind of different pathways. (laughs) So I think as soon as something would happen and I would choose to move on, we had kind of a plan that I think by focusing on that helped me to move forward. 
And then by moving forward and, and taking action allowed me to accept what was happening and then get excited about what we were doing along the way. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I will just say, and not to like lead the witness, but I think something that I observed helped you a lot was you developing relationships with children that were not your own. Would you say that's true? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm glad you bring that up because we had talked about that as well together. Kat was a nanny while we were dating and married and we were just in love with the girl she babysat and had this, what do we call it, fake family. We said a lot of times, I told Cal, these could be my kids. We just loved that. So I think that definitely helped prepare me. And we had, your sister had our twin nieces while you were going through all that stuff. And we just loved, I mean, we still love them, but we love them like our own. But that's such a good example of the power of choice and mindset, right? Because I'm just thinking about how in the moment, those experiences, I would think, I can't wait till I'm the dad and these are my kids. And that's still the case, but it was coming to terms with my diagnosis and the IVF and everything we've done. And it's a different way than I thought at the time, but now it's, oh, I now see that those things kind of help prepare me for these things. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's your turn to choose something. Oh, Okay. Here we go. This could be the quickest answer or the longest. <laughs> Would you ever move abroad? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Again, something we talk about a lot, but the two things we bonded over on our first date were family and travel. So our main goal in life is to become financially independent enough from like other jobs that we can do something like that. Yeah, I've basically planned out the next year of travel. Nick's like, we're going on a trip every month. I'm like, don't you have a job? Yeah, I know. Shoot. But absolutely. And that's part of, I think, our motivation, like, yeah. right? Because we want to live abroad, go live somewhere for three months, six months, a year, and just whatever like we can make work. Different things and take yeah. our kids. It's just the best. Yeah. Well, back to my upbringing, my mom was an American Airlines employee now retired, we grew up traveling the world. So I saw the value in that. And then I obviously now want to instill that in my family and my kids. I'd love to hear a little bit how you got into it. Cause on our first date, when we first talked, you shared that you hadn't, you'd only been to Mexico. So you weren't a big traveler, but since we've been married, you've traveled a ton and you're like the best travel partner. But I'm curious to hear like when and what and why do you feel that way now? I just always loved trips. So like I couldn't, didn't go out of the country, but we went on a lot of trips as a family. And then when I was in school up in Provo, we just did a lot of trips as a group of friends going to Sun Valley and we went to Mexico. I went to New York with my sister and just like all these different things and just the freedom. I feel like I felt like I was trapped a lot of my life. And once I discovered that I could pay like a couple hundred dollars and be so far away from my home or like hop in my car and go anywhere in the United States was the most freeing experience in my whole life. And then to just like, we talk about this a lot and we went on these trips after we lost our baby and after Nick's fertility diagnosis, because it's just nice to get out of your own bubble and get some perspective. And I think traveling, you get some perspective. It's also really fun, but <laughs> it takes you out of your norm and you can have different thoughts. And 
I feel like every time we go on a trip, we feel reinvigorated to do the project we've been talking about for forever or get over the feelings that we were having or move on or just like upward and onward is always how I feel after a trip. So that's kind of how I feel about it. So I didn't do a ton of international travel, but I feel like I learned the benefit of a trip. (laughs) That was a great answer, guys, right? (laughs) But no, I mean, that's this is why I said this could be a very long answer and I could do a whole episode on this because I'm just thinking about all the benefits of travel and we don't need to get into it because as you're talking, I'm like, you're right. Like, that's when I most connected with my family and I always got along with my family, but we just connected in a different way. You guys have you so know, many like, fun stories. Fun stories and memories. It gives you new perspective. Just unlimited benefits. And that's what we want for our family. So. But it's funny because you said, I only need to spend a few hundred bucks for a trip. And I'm now remembering on our first date, I also asked you, what's one thing that you don't have a budget for? Meaning you don't care how much it costs, you'll do it. And wasn't travel one of them? Or was that my answer? We both agreed. Travel and concerts and food. Our dog's freaking out. Can you open the door? Ryder, why don't you go out? So I had one more thought. (laughs) Nick could talk about travel for the next (laughs) It was such a good thought, you guys. Okay, share it. Shoot, but I think I lost it. Nick, come on. Dang it. No, we were talking about travel, budgeting. Oh, I was just going to say travel's so expensive now. It's crazy. It's harder to do, but it's still something I feel like we're always, we put the value of travel above the cost of travel. Absolutely. And you should too. Never don't, because you'll be in debt. <laughs> we're getting through these a lot faster than I thought we would. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. This one is my birth plan. Before I go into what I hope and desire, do you have any hopes and desires or anything you're worried about? I think my answer will be the same as yours. We, I just want a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Whatever we need to do that. <laughs> my first pregnancy, I was very obsessed with going all natural and having no interventions and having skin to skin and blah, blah, blah. And all that stuff is amazing and wonderful and I totally support it. But when you've lost a baby, you don't care as much about that stuff. So in an ideal world, I will labor naturally until the very end so that in case something happens, I can get a C-section and be awake. So I'll have an epidural towards the end, just in case. Because if you don't have your epidural in before they rush you to a true emergency C-section, they will knock you out and Nick can't be there. So this baby will come into the world without her parents and that's so sad. So I don't wanna have that experience. That's kind of my only thing I care about But other than that, I hope to go into labor naturally, but I'm not against getting induced because I'm so ready to get this baby out. That was another thing I was very against. (laughs) And other than that, just like the normal stuff, I would love for her to be placed on my chest and have delayed cord clamping. But again, I'm not like totally opposed to them taking my baby away if she needs help. I'd much rather her be healthy than try to hold her, even though that'll break my heart. But... (laughs) And then people were asking if we're going to include Edie in her birth. And I truly actually haven't thought much about that. I Include her how? I don't know. Like some people bring like a picture or they like, I don't know. I have such mixed emotions about this topic because we talk about Edie so much and she's always going to be somebody that we talk about and like our kids will know about her and things like that. But I also want our kids to be separate from each other and you don't typically have siblings that are this close in age at the hospital when you're giving birth and so 
if Edie had made it here, I don't think and she wouldn't be at the hospital. And I think that's totally okay. And it would just be this baby's special birth and enter into the world with us as her parents. And so I don't think I'm going to do much with her. I, I have thought about having her have a onesie or like an outfit that says little sis, but that's about it. Do you care though? Do you have any thoughts about that? I do. I hadn't thought much about that. And I agree with you. However, <laughs> like you mentioned, if Edie had made it, she wouldn't be there, but she didn't make it. And I think that's the point is she didn't make it. So she can be there in some unique, special way. So right now I'm, I'm open to it first hearing it, but I don't know what it would be. So yeah, it would be <laughs> I'd have to think like, more about it, but because bring her molds and have her compared to the baby's actual feet yeah. and actual hands. That would be kind of cute. Or just play the. Alevis music box. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool, actually. We have a few of those. That would be really, yeah, really fun. So maybe we will. We will and we'll brainstorm. And then another question was, will we have visitors? As of right <laughs> now, I'm like ninety percent sure the answer to that is no. I have warmed up to the idea of visitors. I think, especially after my surclage and stuff, our families have been so excited for this baby and praying for this baby that I just. I'm excited for them to see her and meet her. I think we're going to say, we'll let you know when we're ready for visitors. And I think that's going to be a lot sooner than I originally planned. But I don't yeah. think it'll be, at the, I don't know if it'll be at the hospital. I think you're right. My sister has three kids. We were living in California for the first birth. We were dating. Mm -hmm. So we weren't even married. And we drove there to meet him from California to Arizona. And then when the twins were born, we lived in Arizona but we were there for all of them. So I think it's, we chose to make it like a big special event, which I think is common. But again, because of what we went through, I do agree that's what will happen. And I think both members of our families will be sad, but will understand and support us. We might get some pushback. <laughs> we'll see. I don't think there's going to be a lot of pushback. Your parents were pretty much like, we don't care. Yeah, that's true. That's Not true. that they don't care. They're so excited, but they're like, we just want you guys to be comfortable. That's true. But they've had grandkids. My side of the family hasn't. Yeah, hasn't. that's a good point. My mom has already made it known that she's mad that I don't want to have visitors. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is funny because I'm the oldest on my side of the family. So are you, but I just bring that up. Because my parents have already have had grandkids, it's less of a big deal. But because I'm the only boy and the oldest, I think that is like, oh, this is a big deal for that reason. So it's kind of a mixed bag, right? <laughs> and just they know our whole story. Everybody, right, everybody's right. so excited for us. They're just like, they know the drill. Right. Okay. My turn? Yeah. Just trying to remember. I'm losing the order. Baby names. Ones you each like but aren't using. I assume this means... Do we have baby names? <laughs> or maybe they're asking what they are. But Probably we have, all of the above. We have a lot of baby names. But just today, I made a new suggestion that we're both pretty excited about. This one's been like in the works. So on <laughs> Saturday, I feel like we kind of came close to this one. Yeah. And we won't harp on this too much. But I think I this is like the most sure I felt. I'm still totally open to it changing. But... I'm obsessed. <laughs> and I'm proud to say it was my idea. I shouldn't say my idea because it's actually one of each of our suggestions yeah. combined because what happened was a few days ago, we had suggested names. 
I'm very into, what's the word? Initials. Yeah. So I kind like of focused acronym. on the initials. I thought of an acronym and was thinking of names. And then today my thought was, what if we just took two of the first names and combined them? Like and maybe that's saying too much. You can feel free to cut this. But I kind of just threw it popped in my head and I threw it out. And you were like, I love that. And that's the first time we've both agreed. Like truly. Like truly agreed. Because it's always been, that would be cool. But this was like, oh my gosh, I really like that. We're, I'm but so it might change. But I don't know. Maybe it won't. This has been a name that actually we should go and look. I think if you guys follow us on TikTok, I, we made a video and we like listed out the names. Oh, yeah. Actually, it wasn't my number one, but it was on my list and it wasn't even on your list. And now you're into it. That's true. Really exciting. That's true. Cat um, <laughs> has been wearing me down. But I will tell you which powers. a couple names that I love that you have turned down. So as Wait, you guys know, I'm obsessed back. with the sound of music. And so I would love to name her Louisa after another Sound of Music character. That's one of the daughters. And we would call her Louie. I think Louie's so cute, but it reminds Nick of the, what, the monkey in... <laughs> King Lion, Louie. Lion King? Is it Lion King? Oh my gosh, I'm so pathetic. Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Who's actually making fun of King Louie from France, I believe. Like, it, it was written by... Oh, really? Yeah. I was trying to sound smart, but now I can't even remember. It's based on a book, obviously. So, Rudyard Kipling. I think that's his name. Better fact. Louie is one of my, like, top, top ones that I would absolutely do, but Nick won't let me do, so that's fine. I'm trying to think of what other ones we've liked. How about Rudyard? What's one that you like? That I didn't like. One I like that you didn't like. Oh, I know. You can say it. I won't remember. Nick loves the name Lydia. Yes, Lydia, which happens to be the main character from Beetlejuice. Who looks like she hasn't showered forever. (laughs) (laughs) But the name's so pretty. It's so The name by itself is so pretty. Liddy, little Liddy. That's like a spooky movie, though. If you're going to be all mad about an animal (laughs) from a Disney movie. That's fair. That's fair. But it's a very old movie that a lot of people probably won't even remember until they now listen to this but it's also a, a band from arizona which most people don't know but go look up lydia on spotify it's a vibe it's good the other ones i'll say that were just like didn't go well with our last name is i was on a kick of i wanted to name her james for a really long time and then we had an appointment where we walked in and he only had you listed as mr pond and he remember he, that apartment that we went yeah that and he was like, I hope your first name's James. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. So it's like James Bond, James Pond. Yeah. And so then it just ruined it for me. So I was really sad because I think James for a girl is so cute. Still down for that one. <laughs> that was like kind of my sister's nickname. Her name's Jamie. So I, I know she'd love that. But also I would love to be compared to James Pond, James Bond. And but it's it funny because- you, it would be your daughter. That's even better. <laughs> and the fact she's a girl, the first female James Bond. Oh my gosh. But I was going to say, I also always would, when I tell people my name, you'd be surprised how often people mess up Pond. They always think it's Pond or like Pont. So I'd always be, I tried for a while. My last name's Pond, like James Bond, but with a P, but it was just too complicated to Way explain. So it didn't make sense. Dang it. Next question. I think it's mine. No, yes. that was yours. That was you mine? Just read it. Oh, so good. I think we only have time for one or two more. Also, we should mention all the paper these are on are pink. <laughs> this one's a boring question. I'm trying to get to the stuff that's good. Get to the nitty gritty. These have all been great, though. They have been I've good. enjoyed these questions thoroughly. 
I'm just reading all of these now. We'll just do one more. And okay. then this one, we'll close on this juicy one. <laughs> okay. So we had lots of questions. So I just kind of roped it all into one about intimacy. That's it. Bow wow. I was trying to think okay. of something funny. So these were kind of the questions. Did infertility change our sex life at all? Then everybody knows I'm on pelvic rest right now, which is horrible. And how is that going? And then has our religious upbringing caused any sort of changes or experiences in our sex life? This is a good one. I'll answer first. And this could also be its own episode. So yes, infertility did change it. I think... It's brought us so much closer emotionally. What we've been through together, speaking for myself, but I know you feel similar. I love Kat in a deeper way that I didn't before, which has made me feel more intimate to her overall. The pelvic rest has been hard. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> has it? <laughs> the pelvic rest has been really flaccid. <laughs> no, it's been challenging for sure especially because of everything that happened right before. But obviously with the pelvic rest and the cerclage, that kind of put everything on on hold. But we had sex right before that, I remember, which I think helped. <laughs> you just keep replaying that in your mind. Yeah, and we actually talked about this the other night. We had a really productive, interesting conversation about this exact thing. But I guess my point in saying that is it's been crazy, but it's been... Great. It's been hard because we can't physically have sex, but we've become so much more emotionally intimate that I think will only fuel the fire long term. <laughs> totally. I think sex is easier than like having conversations. And so when you can't have it, it kind of forces you to fill that time with something else. A lot of people have asked about how infertility changed it. I think it was different for both of us, but we got married and were married for a couple months and then we started trying for a baby. So our activities kind of revolved around getting pregnant and that was really exciting at first until it was like kind of depressing that we weren't getting pregnant and then it was just sad for me for a little bit to try because I just expected it to fail and I only saw sex as a way to get pregnant for a little while right so then once Nick got his diagnosis there's a thunderstorm happening and our dog is freaking out (laughs) So once Nick got his diagnosis, I actually felt, for me, I was so much more excited to participate again because there was not as much pressure for me to get pregnant and for us to get pregnant. We took a whole year off of even believing that we could get pregnant because of your diagnosis and we weren't going to do anything. And we knew we needed IVF to get pregnant. So it was off the table that sex was going to do that for us. And so it was super nice. But I'm curious, did you feel the opposite because now you have this diagnosis? Yeah, it definitely changed my perspective of sex. And they asked about the religious upbringing in the question, which we won't get too deep into, but it's relevant here, I think, because the way we were raised was don't have sex until you're married, and then it's used to make kids and start a family. And then for my diagnosis, all of that had changed, right? So... I still enjoyed it, obviously, but it was definitely challenging because it changed my perspective on all of that and just like what I not believed about sex, but how I had 
perceive sex up until that point. Like it really changed to sex is only for pleasure in our relationship for the rest of our lives. And that was not how it was taught to us, which is still, I think, hard to wrap our heads around. But then... (laughs) But then we couldn't have it. <laughs> I know, and now we're like because what of what was happening. So Which yeah, actually, it's been kind of. Now that you say that, I'm like, it's kind of the perfect storm because if we had just kept going on, trying to figure out things after infertility, I think we probably. I guess I'm just saying. I think by having to take a break on pelvic rest right now, it's made me more excited about it just being for fun, and Agreed. I'm like excited for when we can again it's going to be a whole new experience because we've never now we'll have a baby i'll be done being pregnant for a little bit we won't be so stressed about getting pregnant and we'll just have a baby <laughs> i'm sure people are like laughing but i also know that there's plenty of people who are getting it on while they have kids oh for sure and we've talked a lot about that and that's important like to I us said. these questions are so eye-opening we've talked about most of this stuff but as we talk we have all these new insights it's great so that was end not on a... even 25% of the questions that we got. So we'll probably do part two. I don't know when at some point. But I think these are really fun. But at least we ended on a banger. Uh, ah. Practicing my dad jokes because I'm going to be a dad. That's not one you'll be making around our daughter. It's true. <laughs> that is so true. Well, I need to get to Bunko. And I need to get to my TV shows. Love it. Little boy's night with Ryder guy. I know. I was going to W-A-L-K our dog. I don't say it so it doesn't trigger him. But now it's pouring rain. Yeah. None of that Fun night to stay in, though. Yeah. I just bought some popcorn from Trader Joe's. I'm excited. cozy night. Fun night. I'm sad I'm not going to be here. Hump day, baby. With my Ryder guy. That's good. Oh, Oh, gosh. Ryder's stoked. Okay. Well, it was really fun. Thank you for all of your questions. We are so excited to meet you guys back here next week. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.